This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anas Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anas Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. Check us out on Dash Radio. On Saturday afternoon, with me today, the hot ham man, who couldn't be on the pod yesterday because I was in the middle of the mountains, but is now on to talk about Andre Robertson's deal. John Ham, what's up? So you were a mountain man? I was a mountain man. We were we did hiking and uh, just a Sounds ton, miserable. Of, ton of fun stuff, man. It was great. And it's so yeah. So you you chose to willingly go walk around, and uh, okay. not only not only around uphill. Oh okay. No, it was fun. We it was uh, a group of like six families with like almost eighteen kids. So oh my, it was uh, it was a madhouse, but it was fun. All right. Uh, Andre Robertson signed a deal last night. Three years, thirty million. He was offered the four for forty-eight before the season started, and everybody. I, I think that some people had some sticker shock with that deal, and I was kind of like, I, "Guys, prepare!" Because Andre Robertson's betting on himself this season. He's betting that he's going to have the best season of his life, and betting that there will be a market for him. Uh, but the market wasn't there. Uh, t- tell me about his deal and how it impacts the Thunder's books going forward. He can't shoot free throws. He's a liability offensively. I don't even know why he's not in the D-League. Um, you can pick oh, up a guy off the D-League scrap heap that can do what Robertson does, right? Whoa, man. Sorry. I just got possessed by NBA Twitter. Um, <laughs> or the sports animal. Yeah, Either no one. kidding. Yeah, lots of places uh, here that need to fill airtime. Um, no, man, this is... This is fine. This is this is a good deal for it's a good deal for Andre. It's a good deal for the Thunder. It, it works out for the Thunder that obviously that you know Andre decided not to accept that extension last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, this this guy, he I think he would have made all, first team All Defense last year. I think he would if he was at a guard spot. Yeah. I really do. Sure. I feel like he probably would have made it over Pat Bev. So yep. you know, however however you want to look at it, I mean. You know whether you say he's second team all defense or could have made first all team, he's one of the best defenders in the league in a league that is going very heavy towards the wing position. And and you know just recently I was talking about I don't know if I would bring him back with this Thunder team. I would have him on this Thunder team with Patrick Patterson and, and Paul George on it. Yes, because now he he can functionally be a big man on offense and then play wherever you need him to play on defense. I think some people are just so stuck in the he's a one, he's a two, he's a three, he's a four, he's a five. Whenever right. it's really like Patrick Patterson will functionally be a three point shooter only on offense. It'll be pretty yeah. rare that he does anything else. He's at least a spacer. Uh and Robertson is clearly not that. I mean they they parked him in the corner. He shot way too many threes last last season. And Royce talked about it last night on Twitter that, you know, 
he's he took way too many threes, and he's not going to have to do that this year because they're going to have guys. He took 184 three point attempts last season. That's way too many, uh, and he won't have to do that again uh, because you have actually good three point shooters on the team again. So um, it's it's not as bad. He can play kind of. A, he can even be like the. He can set a pick on a pick and roll, and they did that a lot in the playoffs when Durant was still mm-hmm. on the team. And he can do that, and he can kind of be a slasher, and he can cut to the bucket, and he can kind of – he's a good offensive rebounder as well. So I think he he definitely fits. And then defensively, I mean, there's not really a better combination in the league other than Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green um, with Paul George and Andre Robertson. And they could end up being even better because I, I think that Robertson is quite a bit better than Danny Green. And then I, I think that if Paul, a motivated Paul George could be near the Kawhi level on defense. So it's just it, it's a combination that is pretty rare in the NBA. Uh, it's, it is bad that he can't shoot free throws, <laughs> that he's not a great <laughs> offensive player. But if he was, that dude would get a max contract. Like, look at Otto yeah. Porter. If you right. had Andre Robertson's defensive ability, Otto Porter is, can't defend wings. Like, Otto Porter's mm-hmm. not a great defender. Uh, but he can shoot. So if Andre Robertson could shoot threes, they wouldn't get him for $10 million. They, he, he would get a max deal, and he wouldn't be on the Thunder anymore because that's just how the NBA works these days. The Nets would not hesitate to offer him a max deal if this was like a 38% uh, from three guy. Uh, yeah. The Thunder are able to keep him because he can't shoot. <laughs> that's basically now, why they can keep him. And and here's the other thing, too, because, I mean, you know, obviously there's the reaction to this. And then anytime I start talking about payroll, uh, people are talking about dumping Ennis Cantor. I mean, like I'm thinking yeah. Sopranos style at this point. I honestly think <laughs> I don't know what links people are willing to go to to dump certain players, but it's scaring me here. <laughs> <laughs> but last season. He, you know, like that blue light when you're when you're walking through and everything like glows. Yeah. Last season was like the worst blue light because every wart, pimple, scratch, whatever just showed up underneath this blue light with its, with this Thunder team last season. And then suddenly, yeah, Andre Robertson un, unable to hit free throws was a problem because he was their best defensive option against James Harden in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and his canter and his defensive you know deficiencies really shined a light on that because – Oh, they lost the second best player in the NBA in the offseason for nothing. So um, that's, you know, there was a lot of blemishes that came to light last season. It's not surprising. Um, they can get by with those blemishes and be and be a really, really good basketball team, a really, really good team. So, yeah, no question. And it's just kind of funny how people talk about players and there's there's three guys on the Thunder or one guy that's not on the Thunder anymore but you look at Robertson who had an amazing playoffs um, 11 points three blocks a game two steals almost two assists six boards and he shot 41% from three obviously very small sample size in five games but he was incredible in the playoffs Victor Oladipo was really bad in the playoffs and Patrick Patterson who I think people are gushing a lot about right now was so bad in the NBA playoffs for the Raptors right Right, um, and for some reason, people want to pick on Robertson for getting a ten million a year deal when fifteen million is starter money, and Robertson is going to play starter minutes. Like, if you don't think that he's going to play, you know, twenty eight to thirty minutes a night, like you're kidding yourself. Like, this guy's right. really important to what the Thunder do. Let's talk about the numbers. How does Robertson's new contract impact the Thunder's current cap situation 
and then after that we can go talk about like going forward if they were to keep this whole team together what that would look like but let's talk about today what is the, what is their cap situation today as of today and you know this can all change in a you know in a nanosecond um yeah their payroll is close to 126 that includes samaj kristen who has a non-guaranteed deal um i think they have until tomorrow today or tomorrow uh, to, to decide on that whether they're going to guarantee it or not so i mean at this point right now uh, and that's with 13 active players on the roster um so they are about six and a half million dollars over the tax line. So the, the, and the Thunder have come out and said to people that they're going to pay the tax. They're not afraid of paying the tax. And especially with this team. Right. You know, everyone is saying dump in his canner. At this point, it doesn't make a lot of sense to dump in his canner. It would only be a cost-saving move. You're not, you're not making cap room so that you can go sign C.J. Miles or something like that. If mm-hmm. you can do that... Of course, like you have to, you have to make a move like that. <laughs> but uh, they're not going to do that. And Canner, you're not going to fetch anything for him on the open market. Uh, and if people forget, like he's still an effective NBA player, and he's still going to provide something for the Thunder, even if he can only play ten minutes a night in the playoffs. Like during the regular season, there are nights where you need a guy like him that can create a mismatch on a second unit and score twenty. And Canner's a guy that can do that with ease uh even if they match up with san antonio like in the first or second round like canner will be needed same with minnesota uh even denver like this guy is a guy that will be very much needed for this team if they're going to be very successful and if people forget that uh you don't win and get to the western conference finals against the warriors a few years ago if you don't have ennis canner um so i would just slow down about just dumping him uh because now, basically, if you're wanting to dump him, you're just wanting to save Clay Bennett and Co. some money. Like that's all you're right. Wanting. That's all you're wanting to do. And when people are saying dump Ennis Cantor, dump Kyle Singler, I think what you're saying is don't play Ennis Cantor versus the Rockets or Warriors. In which case, you know, I agree with you. You're saying don't play Kyle Singler. Period. I agree with you. But just dumping these guys. Let's let's be realistic about this. You already broke down in his uh, in his canter. Sure, they could. You know, let's say I don't even know if they could. Let's say they could trade him for Nikola Vucevic. Mm-hmm. It would save a few million dollars, but I don't know. Are they better? Does is is the chemistry still good? Because Ennis Cantor again has got a strong bond with Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook and company and right. and Robertson. Um, Does Vucevic want to come off the bench? Is he right to do that? I don't know. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, like that one, I understood the sentiment of moving in as Cantor before the Paul George news. I understood that sentiment completely. Draft night, I fully expected they were going to try to make some move. Um, and, you know, obviously the front office has a better idea on what's going on than I do. So, you know, I'm just trying to I'm trying to analyze more than predict uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Kyle Singler. OK, let's talk about that. Yes, they can. They can release him. They can stretch the remaining $9 million of his contract out over seven years. Um, it would save the team some luxury tax. Do you as a fan really care? <laughs> I mean, th- this team is not going to jack up ticket prices because of the luxury tax bill. It's a supply and demand thing. As long right? as they're willing to pay it, Thunder fans should rejoice because yeah. this is going to be a really good team. And Kyle Singler, I mean, I think they should stretch him because I think that the roster spot is would be – valuable to them and they could even like develop some guy on the end of the bench with that spot but honestly 
to this team for this next year because we're really talking about a one-year run is all this team is guaranteed. Right. Stretching or not stretching Cosingler is not going to make a big difference. Today's show is sponsored by Chicken Express. Go to Chicken Express today and you can get so many great sides. I'm going to tell you what they are. French fries, fried okra, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, green beans, mini poppers, corn on the cob, cheese sticks, corn nuggets, fried pickle slices, and then you can have a dessert, apple pie or cherry pie. So good. Their biscuits or rolls are good. I was kind of on the biscuit train for a little while, but then yesterday when we were driving through Amarillo, I got a roll. Man, the rolls are good. They got some good rolls. Also, their fried fish is delicious. If you like fried fish, it's a great option. And always... Their chicken strips are just so, so good. Uh, go check out Chicken Express today. If you're in Yukon, Tulsa, Moore, uh, Amarillo, uh, all over Dallas, go check out Chicken Express today. It's just not. So, I mean, that's one option. You can you can stretch them out. But here, let's say you get you know three years down the road, and now you do need to dodge the luxury tax because you know the repeater tax is just adding up. Now you're kind of limited because you've still got this $1.3 million hit on your books three years from now. You know, does it make a lot of sense to try to save money now and then have to, you, you've got to pay the piper either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that option. Um, now people just say dump them on another team. Well, it's going to cost the Thunder assets to do that. Um, we're talking about, you know, maybe a young player to do it and i don't mean josh Hustis. i mean probably jeremy grant or terrence ferguson mm-hmm. i don't think it's worth it worth it to do that nope. the thunder don't have a first round pick until 2022 i would not recommend giving up a future draft pick that far out when the thunder might need it at that time yep. um so yeah there's just uh, the best the best way he could be used right now is frankly as, as a trade piece and that would be if another team needs to clear some cap room where they're willing to take on his $10 million and spread it out, in which case the Thunder are probably taking back equal or more salary in return. Um, or let's say that there is a trade that comes up where they need $5 million in you know ballast to make it work. You know, that's where you could probably put them in there. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really going to come down to do they need the roster spot. Yeah. And, you know, if Kyle Singler's the fifteenth man on this team, at this point you've already paid the contract. You're just, you know, you, you just got to kind of let it happen. Just he's going to be inactive, and you know, maybe you can save on some tax. But again, you got you got to pay that tab one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, and the the whole hope with all this is that they just don't even try him again, and that they give Josh exactly. a chance. Like that's to me, like that's the really the only danger in all this. Because it's not my money. Like I could care less. Right. <laughs> right. Been a, like if he decides he wants to pay the tax, fantastic. Like that's great. Yeah. That's great for this team. That's great for the city. Um, and then if he saves a couple million dollars, I mean, like that's you're just you're just talking about his bank account. Like that's all you're talking about. You're not talking about team building at that point. Um, but yeah, they they need to give Josh Jesus the chance. If there's going to be minutes available for a guy, and there may not be, there may not be minutes available for either one of them because they're going to have to play Doug McDermott. They're going to have to play. Uh, they're going to have to play Alex Abrinas a lot, I think, and they're going to play Paul George clearly starter minutes. They're going to play Robertson starter minutes. You're going to play Westbrook a ton of minutes. Like there's just not. There's honestly there's not a lot of room for either one of them, and it's really just kind of garbage time. Or if someone gets hurt, uh, what are you going to do? And right. 
they need to give a chance to Josh Hustis. I think they owe it to him. Or they just need to let him go. They just need to cut right. him loose. Uh, because this this charade is just really silly. Yeah. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, this morning I put out some, you know, here's where the Thunder stand tax-wise. Here's if they use this trade exception. Here's how it raises the tax bill. And there's a lot of people concerned about, you know, like shaving the tax bill down. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why do you care? I mean, it's, I'm just putting this out there just to demonstrate, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the cost that would be incurred to do all this. Um, yeah, but it, it would it would not be prudent to do anything drastic like he's not you know, like Kyle Singler's not a locker room cancer like Reggie Jackson. Right. right. There's you know, there was an incentive to get rid of that guy. Um I, I forgot what pod I said it, but I mean, if, if he's still on the active roster, you know, come regular season, I wouldn't be shocked because I think it'd be kind of short-sighted just to quote unquote, get rid of him right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, he's, he's got a really an untradeable contract unless it is, like you said, a part of a bigger deal that needs to be made where you bring back a $22 million guy and you can throw Canner and singular in that bulls second rounder or something like that. Like that makes right. sense. Uh, right. Uh, and what so they still need a backup point guard mm-hmm. what what means do they have to go get one yeah i mentioned that trade exception earlier uh, about 4.9 million left on that plus a hundred thousand dollar buffer um and so that means they could send out i mean literally nothing i mean or you know a top 55 protected second round pick you know to acquire somebody and slide that player into that salary slot so Obviously, Marcus Smart's name has come up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know Boston may go a different direction to create the room it needs to sign Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, so, Jay Crowder trade. does that surprise you that they're willing to do that after all I, these years honest, of like acting like Jay Crowder is like a superstar? I honestly, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it um, because really, Boston. I think they're like 500 grand short of of that max salary for Gordon Hayward. Hmm. There's no reason for them to ship uh, to ship anyone to Utah, frankly, um, unless it was just how the kindness of Danny Ainge's heart. And that's just not how this league operates. So I don't know. That kind of struck me as more, you know, again, PR side of things like they're trying to pin it on Gordon Hayward. Like, well, it comes down to him to agree to this. I don't think so. There's there's no benefit for Boston to do this unless they send. Oh, I don't know who, who like uh, Demetrius Jackson, right? <laughs> you know, to Utah to to make it work, and then there's really no benefit for Utah to cooperate. Um, I'm not buying a lot of that right now. I think either Hayward's going to take a little bit less on his contract to make it all fit, or they're going to make another move uh, somewhere else. That's that's just my hunch. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe a lot of the chatter that's around Boston too. <laughs> Because sure. for weeks oh, yeah. you hear of all these hypotheticals and all these things that are going to happen with the Celtics. And then, like, the Gordon Hayward thing did happen, but there were a lot of things that didn't along the way. And then Danny Ainge is always coming out and saying that he gave a better trade package. It's like, dude, I don't know what to believe. That's going yeah, on I know. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, again, there's, there's the Marcus Smart idea, which, um, I don't know. It'd be fun. But then you look around the league. I mean, there's a bunch of other guys that potentially, you know, I, I've talked with Fred a little bit. I threw out names. I threw out Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. uh, from Brooklyn, who's a minimum salary guy who I, it would make probably Andre Robertson very happy because that's his, uh, well, he's dating uh, uh, Dinwiddie's girlfriend or 
sister. Sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's dating his girlfriend. He's dating his girlfriend. He's Lou Williams 2.0. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's other, I mean, there's obviously there's Corey Joseph who wouldn't fit into the exception, but you know, there's a deal there. Another guy that wouldn't fit in the ins- exception is Ish Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Detroit has hard capped themselves for a reason. I still don't understand. Um, you know, maybe the Thunder could get involved there. There's Devin Harris with uh, Dallas. There's Jameer Nelson with Nelson. Denver. Jameer Nelson would be pretty great because he can because he can shoot it, and he's a good veteran. I think that would be a great guy to have off the bench, and you can still kind of run the the offense through the post with Cantor because right. I think that they probably would still want to do that. And now you have all shooters on the wing instead of having yeah. Samaj like trying to space the floor with I don't know what. I don't know how that is an idea. Um, so I, I think you're right. There's a lot of guys out there that they can get with that trade exception. Uh, obviously Marcus Smart I think should be at the top of that list because I just think that he takes the Thunder from being like a top five defense to being like almost like a guaranteed like number two defense in the NBA because he is that good and he can defend that many positions. I mean they played him a lot at small forward Last yeah, season. that's that's so, the thing. I don't think he didn't get a lot of burn at point guard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but the thing, but he wouldn't have to even play that much point guard. Um, yeah, for the Thunder, uh, just because they don't really, they just don't need it with Westbrook on the team, and then they can kind of do it, you know, facilitate by committee with him off the bench. And you even might want the ball in the hands of Paul George. They might want sure. to stagger the lineup, and you would just put the ball in Paul George's hands and then let him go to work. I guess the the big thing that I looked at there, I think Smart played, was it 27 or 20? He played a lot of minutes last season. Um, I forgot. Was it 28, 29, 30, somewhere along in there? 30 minutes a game. Okay. And so that's been kind of where he's trending upwards. He's been going from 27 up to 30. I just don't know if there's 30 minutes a game for him oh, there's on this Thunder team. Oh, I mean, so, there, there are no, there's not. I mean, he would have to come here and accept a smaller role. And he'd have to, I mean, to be honest, he's accepting a smaller role in Boston this next year, too, because Hayward's taken all the small forward minutes. And then, oh, I mean, Boston has all the wing players. Right. Avery Bradley's still going to take up a ton of minutes. Um, and then they're young guys. Like, what are they, are they going to, how much are they going to play those guys? Do they play three and four? I mean, Marcus Smart, no matter what happens, unless he goes to like Brooklyn or he goes to Orlando or something, he's going to have a big squeeze on his minutes. And if he wants to win, I mean, if Mar- Marcus Smart's great, but he's pro- he's probably at this point in his career not a 30-minute-a-night guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not – I'm just kind of throwing that in there is, you know, mm-hmm. how much time could he actually get on this squad considering all the other options Oklahoma City has. But yeah. that's typically a nice problem to have yeah. and not uh, – Oh my gosh, we've only got eight NBA players and we need to play 10. So, yep. Yep. Uh, so hypothetically, if the Thunder were to keep this team together, what kind of luxury tax bill would be coming their way in the future? Yeah, I mean, let's just let's just pretend for a moment. I'm going to estimate, let me put this in here. Paul George would be in line for about a $30 million salary next season. Um, you know, assuming that, like you said, they resigned him and his canter opts in, into his contract, which I think is virtually certain at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you know McDermott maybe they negotiate an extension with him <laughs> um, I mean just with Paul George coming back you're looking at payroll of around 140 yeah. and the tax line is expected to be at 124 and now we're talking repeater tax money the rates are going to go up um, and I, I'll just say you know for that I think the repeater tax was a concern in the early uh, days of this franchise um, when it was on its way up. I think they wanted to push that off as long as humanly possible, mm-hmm. um, and they did. And now I get the sense that like it's not something they're going to go out of their way to avoid. But I mean, they're not. I don't think they're going to go deep into like repeater tax waters. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they could very well they could very well have a very high payroll next season to just roll this team back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, you know, trading Canner for a smaller contract would make some sense. Uh, whenever, yeah. if, if those guys agree to re-sign, uh, right. then it's like, okay, well, we, Canner, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of the icing on the cake. He just doesn't really need to be, he doesn't, well, you need icing on cake. He's more like yeah. sprinkles. <laughs> you gotta have icing. He's more like the sprinkles. Yeah. yeah not really necessary. It makes, makes it a little bit better, but not, not necessary. Uh, sure. And and I mean, yeah. a lot could change between now and then. I mean, that includes Singler's contract. Like you say, exchanging Ennis Cantor. That doesn't include Jeremy Grant. Um, in any event, I mean, just kind of rolling back a team with Russ, Adams, and George. You know, those three guys alone would be around $90 million. Yeah. Yeah. Around ninety million of a projected one hundred and two million dollar cap, and that number might actually come down from one hundred and two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a little scary. Um, yeah, but I think that Sam Presti set the team up pretty well to be able to take some losses along the way with drafting Terrence Ferguson, who could play on the wing with Alex Abrines being able to take a little bit more minutes, and then to be honest, like this team would benefit from just playing smaller. And they've mm-hmm. got the younger guys to develop to do that. Uh, you know, the Thunder have wanted to play big for the last few years, but it seems like they're kind of trending the other way because they don't have a ton of traditional bigs on their roster anymore. I think a lot of people think of Patrick Patterson as more of a traditional big, but he's he's more like a hybrid forward, too. He's not going to play small forward, but I think he can guard some small forwards, and he's going to shoot threes. So he's not like your traditional big man. Uh, like they're not trying to play quote unquote play big. Uh, some people thought that you know you're you're choosing between you know Rudy Gay and Patrick Patterson. You're choosing between small ball and traditional basketball. And it's like well not really. And in fact, Patterson took 66 percent of his shots from three, while Rudy Gay took 24 percent of his shots from three last season. So it's really almost flipped. Uh, so the the Thunder are trending towards shooting more threes, uh, and I think they're going to shoot a lot. Uh, I think something that hasn't really been talked about is like what a job Billy Donovan has for this next season, because this team has potential to be top ten in both offense and defense. I think a lot of it's going to be on Billy D to get that done. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I'm just I'm picturing. I mean, everything we talked about earlier, and and then also that line I saw from Brad Stevens earlier about how there's not five positions in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. You're a you're a wing, you're a big, or you're a ball handler. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, so Patterson is functionally a big wing. I, I guess you could look at it that way. Um, 
uh, Jeremy Grant is a big wing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from that standpoint. And yeah, I mean, just all the different mix mix and match opportunities there um, against the best teams in the league or even, you know, mundane games in a, you know, Denver and a January cold night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they if he needs to roll out four shooters with McDermott at the four, he can do it. Yep. You know, um, if he needs to upsize a little bit for a San Antonio or I was going to say Utah, but um, I'm trying to think of another team that might play pretty big next season that they would match up with Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. He's got that option, too. So um, and then, yeah, I mean, let's the elephant in the room, Golden State. I mean, suddenly, at least the starting five. I mean, there's some there's some potential to at least, you know, at least make it a, a, a bit of a heartburn for the Warriors, if nothing else, right? I mean, they're going to compete. Nate Duncan said that this is the team that's best equipped to defend the Warriors. Uh, Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, the job that Sam Presti has done to turn this team around in one year, I mean, if you told me that he could turn Victor Oladipo and Sabonis into Paul George and Patrick Patterson, I would have told you, man, like, get get off NBA 2K, because that (laughs) is ridiculous. Like, that makes no sense for anybody. And it would be like if if the if the Orlando Magic in '96 lost Shaquille O'Neal, and then in '97 they traded for Alonzo Mourning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead, they went and traded for Ronnie Cycli, which that was the equivalent of Oklahoma City trading Kevin Durant for Rudy Gay. But anyway, it's like you're right. How we 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 don't see this where someone's title window is just slammed shut and then cracked back open in this short amount of time. Yeah. It's going to make the 30 for 30 a lot less sad for Oklahoma city fans to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, cause it was, it was, we were heading in Orlando magic territory because Westbrook is similar in ways to Penny Hardaway and that he like really relies on his athleticism. And if Westbrook suffers some injuries like, like Penny did, then like, things are probably over and things get really sad for a long time until we later get Dwight Howard and then things are still sad. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's done and I hope people recognize that. I know people are, are seeing that now and some people hate on the Robertson contract. And if you're, I mean, go read Fred's article that he wrote about Andre and his defense. If you're questioning like his value, uh, because you, when they, when they traded for Paul George, my first thought was, this is awesome. Second was, they've got to bring back Robertson now. Because mm-hmm. now you're talking about an elite team. It, I would love to see Abrina start. I think that would be really fun. I think the offense obviously would be a lot better. Um, but the Thunder could be elite defensively. I'm not sure that they have the opportunity to be like a top five offense. But they could for sure be a top five defense. And on yeah. any given night, they're going to just shut teams down with the personnel that they have. And offensively, I think you can definitely be overwhelmed by Russ and by Paul George. And then they're going to need some development from some guys like Abrinas and like Jeremy Grant. And they need Patrick Patterson to be a little bit more consistent of a shooter. They need Steven Adams to um, not be afraid of taking shots. Um, there, there's, there's some more ifs on the offensive end. Defensively, like this team is going to going to be you know top five if not you know one or two i mean i don't think it's impossible for this to be the best defensive team in basketball yeah it's and and now that gets into the playoffs if teams are playing hack a robertson now you can pull them out 
Right. Now you have another wing defender um, mm-hmm. that's on the team already built in. So that's what I say. There was all those blemishes that were brought to light last season yep. um, because they were missing one key player. Well, they got they got a pretty good key player back. So that's going to really help matters. Um, and just a, a little more perspective here. Like I was looking at this, the Miami Heat, 2006, they won the NBA Finals. And that was obviously Shaq and Kobe and or not Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Wade. Thank you. Gary Payton, um, Antoine Walker. Right. White Chocolate. I love that team. <laughs> and then so it was it was four years. They went through first round losses, missed the playoffs one year before they got back to the finals again. That right. was four years. So And in um, that time they got the number two pick and chose Michael Beasley. That's right. Yeah, they did do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just I think back at teams that have had a significant loss, or you know, were at the um, were a conference finalist and fell back, yep. and they typically don't bounce back this quickly. San Antonio did, sure, because um, there was that one year they fell down to seven seed and they upset Phoenix in the first round, and that was right around the time we thought they were done, mm-hmm. and yeah, they it weren't. Was more like. So. That was more still of like Popovich just like striking gold with like these scrappy players, yeah. and they just continue no to doubt. do it. Like they just, they're a special franchise. Like they just all, they are. There's just nothing. I just really nothing like it because they take these guys that like Patty Mills was like not he was like a third point guard on the Blazers, and then suddenly became this really great player. I mean, it's San Antonio. Just they they do magic down there, and yeah. he's. I mean, Popovich is the best coach like by far i guess i don't i don't even know if it's close uh, because i don't know that any other nba coach could do what he does with the roster they have because if you match up the roster san antonio versus oklahoma city like i think 99 out of 100 people would say they'd rather have oklahoma city's roster um but how many of you how many of those same people would say that the thunder are going to have a better record than the spurs probably not that (laughs) i'm uh kind of relay a story that was relayed to me um you know, a conversation that was had. Uh, this was back in what June, early June, maybe even late May. Um, basically, would you rather be the Thunder or the Clippers right now? And like, there was a prominent you know media member that was like, oh, "I'd rather be the Clippers mm-hmm. because because they're closer to a title." And look at what's changed in just that amount of time. Yeah, even just a week. I mean, we're. Uh-huh. Our, the podcast that we did last Friday, we were doing trade calls with Victor Oladipo, and we're like, man, it'd be great to get Wilson Chandler for Victor Oladipo. I know, I know. <laughs> and talking so, about how the Thunder are just so far away, they're not going to, we're talking about internal development. and Right, uh, which I think is a way that they would have gone. I mean, if this hadn't if this hadn't come along, then then that was the path they could have gone with. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this plan is, I mean, Memphis with all of their 30-year-old broken-down guys and their unproven youngsters, they weren't in a position to, to make this kind of a move for Paul George. Right. Um, the Thunder were, and so you can go to the trade machine, and you can match up salaries. You can you know reason out whether the talent is comparable between the two, but you the trade machine doesn't factor in like circumstance right. and situation. So, you know, you just... You never know. And that's something that I think Sam has shown that he's got a pretty good pulse on, including like waiting out the market here on Patrick Patterson. Right. That's a guy that probably should have got the full mid-level from someone and and Mm -hmm. waited it out and got him at at the deal that worked best for Oklahoma City. Right. 
This is also some vindication for everyone who is crapping on the Oladipo and Adams contract all season. Um, because if he didn't sign those extensions, there would be no Paul George in Oklahoma City. Right. And you're sitting here waiting for a contract, probably a max deal coming to Victor Oladipo from the Nets instead of going to Otto Porter. And then, like, the Thunder just screwed at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Sam Presti knows what he's doing. Like, everybody just, just you know, take a deep breath, get off 2K, get off the trade machine, and know that Sam Presti is making the right choices for this franchise. And he's he's done an incredible job. Even if this is only a one-year run and they have to start over, I wouldn't want any other GM in that spot other than Sam Presti to, you know, bring this team back up um, from, you know, be a rebuilding team. I wouldn't want another GM. Now... I, I'll, I'll say this now that we've kind of seen how the market is shaken out. I don't know that Steven Adams would have got $100 million. Maybe maybe Brooklyn would, would have. And again, it only takes one. So if you want to make that argument, if you want to hold that against Sam, okay. You know, maybe maybe that deal would have been $90 million had yeah. the season played out and got to this point. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so. But the again. Rest- restricted offers are, are not coming through unless you're a wing. Right. Like a, a wing that can shoot. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. There's that. But again, what if instead of Paul George, it would have been Anthony Davis on the market? Mm-hmm. And then, like, New Orleans has been infatuated with Steven Adams, and they were willing to make that deal. So, you know, either way, they're protected. And I think Adams' contract is going to look a lot better going forward now that there's going to be actual room to work with. Agreed. So, um, Anyway, like a lot of people are kind of are still kind of killing that deal. I see you to a certain point, but I think it's going to be all right. Yeah, he and the thing is that everybody was expecting the playoff Stephen Adams to come this back, come back this regular season, and it didn't happen. A lot of it was because they had no space. Like he couldn't. Like you can't be the same player if you're like a role player like Adams on offense. And yeah, have no space at all. And the key play with that lob play being taken away, the lob plays back. Adams a year older. I think he's going to be better. Uh, I think the contract is going to look great here in the next couple of years. Uh, but you're right. The, the market's been really strange. As the contrast between last summer and this summer is just, it's really kind of crazy to look at. I am. And here's the other thing too. I'll, I'll, because I've heard, you know, people that keep repeating that Kevin Durant left the thunder with nothing and he drug his feet and really screwed the thunder on that thing. Okay, maybe there's a possibility the Thunder could have got in on Harrison Barnes. But other than that, it's a good thing the Thunder kind of got shut out of the market last year Mm -hmm. and had to sign a Brinus and renegotiate Russ because otherwise, yeah, I mean, thank goodness they don't have a $17 million Evan Turner on this roster as as, as the prize for losing Kevin Durant. Um, Kidding, or Chandler Parsons. Right, exactly. So, you know, I'll, I'll... I think that kind of went in their favor. It's, in this case, you hate to lose something for nothing. In this case, it's probably okay because it set up the Thunder to position themselves for where they're at right now. Yeah, exactly. And to have the MVP season with Russ, which was super fun, and then come back with Paul George and Patrick Patterson added to the roster, uh, I'd say that's a pretty good job, Sam Presti. Pretty good haul. Pretty good haul. And those should all start becoming official here in, in moments. Yep. Mere moments when the when the moratorium ends. Yep. Paul George trade should be announced today and uh, Patrick Patterson and um, yeah, it's gonna this Thunders team is going to be incredible. Uh, and they still need a backup point guard, but I trust that Sam will 
shore that up soon. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. We can listen to you here locally, 107.7 The Franchise. You can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you're a new listener. Uh, give us give us a try. Give us a couple more listens, but then leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. If you're um, enjoying the podcast, uh, just take a couple minutes to do that for us. That would be super nice. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow for a massive Crazy Fry Pod. <laughs>